Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment to visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now today's episode. This is going to be an exciting conversation about how to lead in your own authority. Wow, that sounds like a loaded phrase. It could mean a lot of different things. And we have a lot of different angles on the topic which we have with us today, someone who's going to give you a new perspective on creating, nurturing, and propagating your authority in your community market and audience. Her name is Dee French. She's a published consultant, award-winning coach and marriage facilitator, international keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, and number one best-selling author. Dee has spoken in public forums within the USA as well as internationally. She's helped many entrepreneurs scale to six and seven figures and beyond by leveraging their message with her speak, write, and sell it system. Before she discovered her message, oh, this is the part we're going to have Dee tell you. This is going to be a very interesting story. Let me just tell you where she is today. She's a regular contributor for Entrepreneur, Business to Community, The Good Men Project, and more. She's a mom of two children, a philanthropist, and a global leader who uses her voice to inspire others and affect change. D. French, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. How you doing oh, today? Good, good, good. We, uh, we do, we're doing a little experiment here today. I opened a loop while reading your bio. What we do on here on Business Creators Radio, as our many listeners know every single week, is before we dive into the main topic of what we're going to discuss, we like to take a moment with our esteemed guests and just discover more about your story. Most guests come to this thing uh, with such impressive biographies that I'm not even sure I'm worthy to be here and I'm the host. And yours is certainly no exception. But we want to know a little bit more about your journey and what it is that brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from that place that matters most to you. You know, uh, it's an interesting story. My um, my dad, it started with my dad, about nine years old. He always would help businesses. Um, he had a passion for helping people. He was disabled, but he never let his disability stop him. He never allowed his surroundings to stop him. His desire was to help businesses. And he would train me and teach me how to help them. He would carry me along. And, you know, when he would interact with them, I was always there to get pointers, even though I didn't want to be there. I was a child. I wanted to play. I wanted to do other things. But the wisdom that I learned from him and other businesses growing in different methods, it allowed me to have that same passion to want to help them even now. Um, and I ha- I would I would go up and I would go down as far as um, you know life challenges. I got married. Um, I allowed myself to get involved in my marriage and thought that I had to put all those things aside and focus on my marriage and allow myself 
to kind of like kind of slip into the family life, you know, until I would help my daughter in her business and I would help her travel all over the world and her business was a success. And people would ask me, what, that, what is it that you do? And I would say, you know what? Everybody's asking me what kind of business am I in? Maybe I should restart my business from putting it aside with my family. So I did just that. I allowed my, my passion to resurface from what my dad taught me. I allowed it to resurface and I started helping businesses. And this is just what I do because I love it. I love to see the business come alive. I love to see the person come alive when they see different points in the in their in the, in the business or their journey that they didn't even know was there. So it is, it is easier for me to do it because I was that person. I was the person that was stuck and stuck and wasn't sure what to do. So when someone else come and give me a set of eyes and was allowed to look inside the business, under the hood of my business, it allowed me to be have more help. So that's what I do with the businesses. And I like it because now I'm able to spread my voice I'm allowing my voice to be silent for so many years. I now I share my voice to everyone that's willing to listen. I can tell you're pretty passionate about that. I mean, that is that is fantastic. And I got to tell you that you said something within that story there. People ask, what do you do? You know how much I hate that question? They said, because they wanted to know, how is this lady from, from New York, which is where I'm based, and my daughter was all the way in London, and I was doing negotiations for her. I was setting up tours for her. And they were like, well, how is she doing that from New York all the way overseas? And no one ever even saw her. So they wanted to know, how was I doing it? So that's why they asked me, how are you doing that? Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I've told the story here on the Business Creators Radio Show a number of times. Uh, there, like, I belong to a local professional organization, and when I first signed up, they gave me a name tag or a name badge, rather, to wear at the meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of uh, ordering the the name badge, we had to give ourselves a label that indicated a profession or a job title. Mm-hmm. So, not knowing what to say, I put consultant. Right. You- Cue the endless people coming up to me without even like looking me in the eye, just glancing down at my name tag, squinting at it for a second and saying, so, um, um, Alan, uh, what kind of consulting do you do? <laughs> and, you know, you know, I, the way I wanted to answer that is, I want to consult myself right out of this pointless conversation before it even begins, because what the hell does the type of consulting that I do have anything to do with with this conversation at this point? I you've I know nothing of you. I know nothing of what motivates you. I have nothing nothing right. of your needs. I don't even know if you need a consultant. So I don't even know if this is the conversation we need to have. Exactly. That lit a fire under my ass to get my book done. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was that it was that right there. So February 2nd, 2018, we announced or, or actually launched, it had long since been announced. We launched our book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, fittingly on February 2nd. And uh, we got our international Amazon bestseller badge. And then speaking of badges, I went back and had that badge changed. Uh, I had consultant taken off 
and I had author slash speaker put on. I paid oh, the seven. Oh. I paid the seventeen dollars to have them issue me a new badge. It was worth seventeen dollars to not have people who couldn't give a rat's ass what kind of consulting I do ask yep. about it. So, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, so I, uh, I, I still got the inquiries, but now it was um, so. Uh, what's your book? Well, I'll tell you about my baby all day long. Yes. Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. It's for the entrepreneur who it seems like no matter what they do with their business, what they launch, what they innovate, what changes they make, what they do to move themselves forward. At the end of every single cycle, it's like they're right back at that same plateau where they were before, like they're in that movie Groundhog Day, except from hell. So it's, all, so it's all about solving those pesky little things, those pesky yeah. little issues in the, your business that just keep coming up and coming up and coming up and never seem to go away, unearthing the groundhog that's burrowed beneath the surface of your business and weakening your foundation so that they can bring out the rich soil that'll make the grass greener on your side of the fence. Absolutely. And if you want me to put it in one sentence, it's about applying minimalism to achieve maximum results. Absolutely. See, I Absolutely. can do that. I can do that. And, uh, Absolutely. And, 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 and to me, there's more authority in that. I took the time to publish a book that shares my thoughts on this in six areas, which I defined as the spring formula, de delving into six areas of business. It's published. You can go buy it. And heck, if you get the paperback and bring it to me, I'll autograph it. Absolutely. And that's exactly what my topic is about. How yeah, to yeah. actually go your authority? Because the be the best way to go your authority is to actually put it in the book. Because now, when you when you actually put it in the book, you're able to write more about the topic. People see that you are more informed, that you know more. You know more about what you're talking about. You know, you can really go deeper than just a name tag. You can go deeper within this book. So this is exactly what I help the, the people do. You know, raise your authority. You can put it in the book. You can speak on stage. You can create in a, a product or a service. You can do that by exactly what? Exactly that, amplifying your message. Let's rise your message. Let's figure out how we're going to create it. Let's dissect it and let's put it in these different mediums, these different sources, where now people can look at you and know that you got more to say than just a name tag, like you said. All right. Uh, some of the some of the questions I'm going to have for you are going to be somewhat random uh, because these come from my thoughts about authority building. And we're going to get to a point because I know there's one big thing you want to share with us near the end that's going to crystallize this for our listeners. So we're going to get there. But I want to check off a few things on a list that I sort of have in my mind about building authority, some of the fallacies, some of the myths. And I, I may even test a couple of my own assumptions since we have a subject matter expert right here on building authority. Now, here's the first one. When I hear the phrase building authority, what that often translates into is how many different platforms can you put the same content on before you run yourself through that hamster wheel and just give up? <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> but you know what? There is many ways to repurpose your content. Okay, there's many ways. We all know that different platforms have different ways of um, uh, engaging the audience. So, so say for example, one thing that I tell people to do, and I did myself, I wrote a, a basic article, right? And in the basic right. article, the article could have been about 
3,000 words just to say, all right? So when I wrote the article, I actually looked at uh, what was my pathway? What is it that I wanted my clients to know from their current reality all the way to their end results? And I bullet pointed it in six steps, my process, how I get them from point A to point B. I actually wrote it in an article. When I wrote it in the article, I allowed that article, and it's something that was taught to me, I allowed that article to be transcribed into many different places. So now I'm not burning myself out trying to create new content. I'm just really digging deeper into that one article. And that one article is going all over the place, whether it's in a published um, a publication, whether it's, it's being um, expanded into my book. There's many ways to just do that one article. So that's the thing that I would encourage someone to do. Just sit down and write. Write the article out. Write your pathway out. Write your message. And then when you write that, now you're not being burnt out by trying to constantly create more content. Yeah. I think that's where some folks get spun is they got to be on 25 different platforms. And then next thing you know, another one comes along. So now it's 26. (laughs) It's so true. And so, but see, that's why I would have to say, where is your target audience at? Do you know where they are? Do you know where they hang out? Are, are they, you know, have you mastered the one platform that you're on? How about you master one platform and then let's expand to the next one? Because it doesn't make sense to try to, you know, you can have a presence on the other platforms, but why are you trying to uh, go on 10 different platforms when you have not even mastered the one? So let's focus on the one where you know you're getting the most engagement and let's try to focus on that one and just have a presence on the rest of them. I, in one of my previous business lives, one of my sticking points was any conversation about social media. There would, you'd see a bunch of books come out that would list any one of three or four social media platforms. Every time I saw one come out that did not mention LinkedIn, I would call them out on it. Because while everybody else is chasing all the bright, shiny objects, there I was eight years ago, or actually 10 years ago, creating an entire business and brand almost exclusively through LinkedIn. That's back when it was owned by a different company and it was a different type of platform and their groups functioned function differently so they had different capabilities mm-hmm. and Microsoft bought it and I kind of drifted away from it and then I went through that period in my own life that I've spoken about so many times including in my book by the way where I went through a three-year period of not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up mm, interesting. Yeah. which is why for three years the only marketing activity I engaged in was hosting this business creators radio show. And while I was trying to figure out what kind of business I even wanted to be in, I had the opportunity to interact and get to know great people such as yourself to deliver value to my tribe and to make connections that actually got me a lot of business without even, without even having to articulate what business I was necessarily in. If an opportunity Mm -hmm. came up and I was interested, I could try it. And, 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 and I have clients that I met that way that I've, I've had to present day. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's interesting, interesting how that works. Uh, so while I didn't even really have a website other than the one for the business creators radio show that was worth anybody even looking at, I was continuing to grow my tribe, grow my brand, continuing to... <sighs> market a business in effect while not even knowing what business I wanted to be in. 
see, so you was focusing on the problem. And, and that's the thing. If you focus on the problem, opposed to focusing on the platforms you want to be on, yeah. people will recognize you for the problem that you solve and you will become the expert in solving that problem. So no matter what platform you're on, they will know, okay, that person solves this problem. Let me go to that person. And another thing too about having a website, I've made a lot of money with no website. So you don't you don't have to have a website person. I mean, you that's the next step. But if you're just starting out and you're not sure, you know, you can um actually begin to speak about the problem that you solve. Get people a PayPal link and they will pay you because I've done it numerous times before I got my own website. So you have to begin to see what problem that you're solving. And then let's 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 hone on that. Let's become better at solving that problem. Let's give people real tangible results. But now they can begin to refer someone else. And now you have some proof that what you're saying works. See, that's very interesting right there which you said is you managed to make money without the website and this is why when i decided 12 years ago actually 13 years ago just to arbitrarily shut down a web design firm of my own just shut it down mm -hmm. my, every everybody i spoke with thought i was crazy but here was the issue I'm not a web designer. I've never been a web designer, no matter yes. how many people try to put that label on me. I cannot draw a ruler with a straight line. I can't even get I can't even get that metaphor right. I could hire designers yes. and then I had uh, these project managers and virtual assistants and web designers and the social media person and the copywriter and everything that everything that falls under the aegis of what we now call a digital marketing agency right and i felt like i spent my entire life doing two things uh cleaning up messes yes. one uh and having all the clients, well, not all of them, but a lot of them attempt to ignore their assigned project manager and deal directly with me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the point where they would actively remove them from email chains and every other thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was getting no leverage in that business. You know what? I never really did figure out why, I, but, I, but I think I have an idea. I, when it comes to something like web design, you know, there are two things you have to, you have to consider. A lot of folks do not have the mindset that you and I have, which is in what way is this a, mo a money-making asset and can I make Absolutely. money necessarily without the asset? So we were attracting, and these are all good people. I have no complaints about any of the clients. They're all awesome. Even even, even the one, even the ones that are dunderheads are awesome. But uh, here's, here's what, the, um, here's what the, uh, the model was attracting. Uh, it was the, the build it and they will come thing no. where basically <laughs> no. you put so much energy and effort into the website that by the time you get the website just about done not only is everybody involved in the project just sick of it but they've come to hate each other yes because all that all the energy just gets sapped and thrown away and then you have a bunch of things that never really go anywhere so i didn't want that energy i didn't want to support that energy anymore and i recognized that there was still a lot of belief that that was the way to grow a brand in a business and i just wanted out of it and you know the other thing was is i ran the numbers and i realized that i could be more profitable with six big clients and 40 small ones absolutely my, my, my account my accountant thought i was stark raving mad and he even, <laughs> said, he even said hey man it was nice knowing you maybe we'll grab a beer sometime then he saw my numbers and then he understood. 
Exactly. You see, that's that that's really, really good because it goes back to just being able to know one, do you have do you really have an origin story? Now that is a great origin story that you're telling someone. So now they can know that they do not have to have all the fancy things that everyone is telling you to get. No, you don't need to. Let's narrow down, let's drill down and find out what is your story who you serve, let's get some clarity on that and then let's figure out how we're gonna share it. Maybe the sharing it on one platform is all you need to get to get to the numbers that you want. Now, what numbers are you looking for? Do you know the numbers? Do you know your math? So all those factors need to come into play so that you can be able to say, okay, this is what I wanna do. I'm staying focused. I don't care what everyone else is doing. This is what I'm doing. I know my numbers. I know who I serve. I know what are my message. I know my goal and I know the end result. And that's what I'm sticking with. It gave me another story too. Uh, and this is something that I, council web development firms that exist today. I mean, there are actually not that many that actually call themselves web development firms. This is something that is these days, as far as website building, is something that, at least from my view, more a function of being a service offered by a digital marketing agency because we've the market has moved beyond the idea that the website itself is a goal. It's a toll. So the goal is actually to expand your tribe, to gain more, to gain a larger email list, to uh, expand your social media reach, to increase your engagement on those platforms and through those modalities where the website is just one part of the vehicle. It's, It's like, it's not even necessarily the engine at this point. Some might call it the transmission. Some might call it the catalytic converter. It's not even necessarily the, the drivetrain of the whole thing anymore, but the... What I'm saying here is when it comes to authority, I tell people who are involved in website design now, if a client comes to you and asks to see your portfolio, you've lost them. Whoa, what? Because they're going to base their decision to hire you on other people's brands at this point. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if they're at the point where they want to see a portfolio, then you have missed the boat as far as showing them that you have the authority to deliver them the results in a way that matches their needs from their intersection of their brilliance and their passion in a way that makes a difference for their community, market, and audience. And I got these two taglines. I repeat them at infinitum. <laughs> In, fa- in, fa- in, fa- in fact, I fur- in fact, I further learned, and this was whispered to me, that uh, if you are in the website building business and a client asks to see your portfolio, at least seven ch- times out of ten, that's their way of politely saying they're not interested. They're not interested. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the conversation should should actually have them with a yes already before they see your stuff. The stuff is right. just to maybe get a design or a pick, but you know, that goes, you know, again, you have to be able to be clear because what, why do they even need a website? Why is the purpose? Some, we have to know the goal of the website, the goal of the platform, the goal, what is the goal? What is the goal? Why do you want to be on there? Is you, or you want to be on it because anybody else is on there? What is your goal for this place? And that's very important to know because if you don't know, sometimes you're just putting out content that doesn't have no end result. Your content is supposed to serve you. 
uh, we're we're working sometimes so hard to put out all this content and then no one is no one is engaging with it no one even wants it so let's find out what the client wants and need and then let's work on the content yeah i have another i have another thing about this and this goes back to my own journey to learn to discovering my own authority uh i have a, with one of my clients that i've had a relationship with for 15 years at this point you, you you may remember about 10 years ago when back when flash was still on websites and they came out with this thing where you could have the, the little animation of the human being walking along the bottom of the website speaking when it loaded and then there was mm -hmm. another version of it where they would actually hop on you know hop their way down your sales letter and cause it to scroll while they narrated it mm -hmm. remember those little things uh, uh my friend charlie mcdermott actually was in that business for a while uh and it was called standout video and he did really good with it until they did all this stuff with flash and it kind of made the whole model obsolete uh one of my one of my clients invested in charlie mcdermott's system and uh this was back during the days when Internet Explorer 6 was still allowed to exist. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, you laugh because you know what I'm talking about. And for some reason, we could not get the, the edge of my client's foot in his animation to stand on top, directly on top of the buy button on step four of the sales letter in Internet Explorer 6, no matter what we did with the freaking CSS. Yeah, again, Tom, I'm really dating myself, speaking of CSS and Internet Explorer 6 and everything else. And it, and it got to the point where he was holding up his entire entire launch of this site. And finally, I, out of exasperation, I said, you know, 8% of people, 8% of people who are your likely target audience, according to your analytics, even use Internet Explorer 6, and even half of them make fun of it. Mm -hmm. So we've done everything we reasonably can here to get your foot to land exactly on the button on this one browser, which has already been rated as one of the 20 worst pieces of software of all time. Wow. And candidly, you're dragging us out. So what I need from you right now, if you want us to keep uh, you know, running your invoice on this, and we have much better things to do, including for you, right. is... I need to send you to send me a list of everybody who said that they will buy this as soon as your foot lands directly on the button. Right. And he and he went off like I was uh, like I was being uh, a smart ass and insulting and everything else. And then later mm -hmm. on, when I spoke at his event at his invitation, uh, he told that story again, and he said, "Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you." I was really, really, really pissed at Adam that day for two reasons. Number one, because I thought he, I thought he was disrespectful and arrogant and everything else. And number two, because I realized he was right. Ah. <laughs> so the reason I share this story, and uh, and he tunes in all the time, so he's probably listening to this and laughing right now. Is uh, <laughs> is this was what was formative to me about this? I went back and thought about it. Is that was a, a goal point in me recognizing the work I needed to do to establish authority with the people I worked with. Right. Uh, it shouldn't have gotten to the point where I basically had to challenge him in that way to get him to let go of Internet Explorer 6 compatibility issues, which even then were a joke. Mm -hmm. uh, 
See, about a year after that, uh, we got to the point where WordPress became a real thing. And this is when I was still in the web design business. And what we would do is the way we would deal with Internet Explorer 6 capabilities, we would install a plugin that told anybody who tried to use Internet Explorer 6 to get with the 21st century and upgrade to a real browser. Right. And, and, and every time we described the project, we said Internet Explorer 6 cap uh, compatibility is built in. No one mm -hmm. ever questioned it. Yeah, but you said something that was really good. You said, yeah. you said that, you know, if you look back at the way um, you interact with the guy, that, that helped you raise your authority. You know, that's a very good point. How we interact with people is how we our, ourselves can raise our authority because it allows how they're looking at us, meaning that they'll take our advice, you know, are we yeah. showing up as a leader in that industry? Are we showing up as a leader in this situation, our business and our personal life? So that's how they look at someone. If someone's looking for leadership or guidance, they want to know that someone is capable of taking charge of the situation when it's needed. Yeah. So, you know, that that's a very good and valid point for anyone that's listening. You know, if someone is constantly questioning your authority, then maybe there's a point that, that the leadership is not being uh, displayed, you know, well enough because they should be able to trust. They don't trust what you seem to be able to trust you, trust you and say, OK, you know what? He has led us before into success or she has. So now let's trust his judgment now. Yeah, and that, and that's where, and I recognize that, again, this happened about five, four or five years later when I had a, I'd already moved into my next business, so this wasn't even web design, and we had this other client who, uh, every time I spoke with them, they would, they would say, they would listen, hear anything I, any advice I gave them, any guidance I told them, anything I said about how we wanted to handle the projects, they right. would say, but so-and-so, who's a personal friend of mine, whose cell phone number I have, who wrote <laughs> this book, says you should do it differently. And, you know, I, I, about the third time they said that, I, I put it this way. I told them flat out, if you think that everybody in the world is better than me, then yes. find someone else to work with. Uh, and see, and you, that's you, a you, great you, conversation. You, you, you hired my expertise, my 10 years of experience, my brilliance, yes. and my passion. I'm committed to this thing. I'm going to make you successful. Uh, I wouldn't have taken you on if I, if I wasn't highly confident that we were going to do right. some amazing things together. But if all you're going to do is second guess me and compare me to what your friends say, then maybe you should go find one of those friends and see if they'll actually answer your call when you try and call them. Absolutely, and that and I and I felt great saying it. I said it slightly. I, I said it slightly kinder than that. But I will tell you, I will tell you this: with that client, we actually did end up finishing their project, um, nice. and, and, it, and it did end satisfactorily. But they stopped comparing me to their damn friends. See, sometimes you have to step up and then yeah. you say, listen, this is how we're going to do it. If you want to be successful, let's go. Because they want someone that is willing to take charge, that you are the expert, showing that you are the expert. And then show, listen, this is the steps that we're going to take you on. Allow them to see the steps. It's okay. We're going to we're gonna take you through one, two, three, four, five steps. And at the end of this, you're going to get your results. Now, do you want to come with me? And whether that has proven results, or do you want to sit and compare? Because now you're way you're wasting time and you're wasting mind. And it's okay to have those difficult conversations because that makes you a stronger leader. 
Yeah, I we 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 did this little uh, look into my heart and soul and viewed my Kintsugi Bowl for a reason here, uh, because what I wanted to ask you here, and I think you may have already begun the answer to it, is is it natural to go through a journey of fumbling through some of these conversations as you find your way to do it effectively, and can you actually become more effective? when you need to do some of the hard work of being an authority figure, the stuff that's not always pleasant to do by getting hands-on and actually screwing it up a few times along the way. You see, one thing with me as uh, training leaders in business, it, it, a lot of times we think that we have to be perfect. No, you're not perfect. You will make mistakes. You will learn. It is a learning experience. You will fail sometimes. Um, but your failing is going to make you a better leader. It's going to make you better in business because now you have tried different ways that just did not work at that time. And now you're able to try something different. So I, I would say don't not to be afraid to fail. And it's okay. Now, as you know, stepping up as a as an as the expert as a leader, sometimes you have to have those difficult conversations with your team. You know, even with the person that um, you hired, sometimes you have to have a difficult conversation and sit down and ask them, okay, this is my business. I'm not sure what I should be doing next. I'm not sure. If you don't know, it's okay to say it. What should I do? Like they had to release the range to you for you to tell them, this is what we're going to do next. And a lot of times as leaders, they do not want to do that because they think that they have to be the expert in everything. No, you are the expert in your area. You're not the expert in everything. Yeah. See, I, I appreciate you saying that, and it's been my belief for a long time that when your tribe and your followers and the people who are checking you out see that not only are you yourself not perfect, but you've gone through some of those same things that they've gone through, which is why I revealed my stories here of a couple of times where, candidly, I kind of flubbed it up a little bit, uh, or a lot, as some people might say, is it, to me, when leaders are able to do that it gives them more authority because yes. they are able to say hey that happened to me when yeah. the person listening may not be confident enough to admit that they also have gone through that absolutely and you know a lot of times even myself i will if i'm working on it with a client and i'm doing a project i will let the let the client see behind the scenes why because I want them to see me do it myself. So if I'm telling you to rise your authority, if I'm telling you to show up more as the expert, I'm gonna take you step by step as to what I'm doing behind the scenes so that you can see all my bloopers, all my mistakes, and it has a learning experience. Why? Because I like being vulnerable and I like being transparent. So that's gonna allow my tribe to trust me more because they know that I am showing them everything. I'm giving them behind the scenes. I want them to, to, be, to really be successful because why? As I am growing, so are you. So I'm showing them and they love that. I cannot tell you how many times my client loved the fact that I let them see behind the scenes, not afraid to be vulnerable and transparent. When I say, oh my God, I made a mistake right here. But I learned from it, I corrected it and I showed them what not to do. And that's the key. Yeah, I see. I love that myself because I, 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 to me, it just gives you some of the better stories, if, if nothing else. And to me, it, 
builds trust. I've been a believer in the saying for years, in order for people to believe you're clean, they got to see that you're a little bit dirty. Yes, it's yes. Tell them that you had a failed business. You tell them, okay, I tried this business and I fell. Okay, but don't leave them in the fail part. Say, tell them the but and then go on and tell them that your hero story of how you are successful now. How, yes, yes, I, I was a mother. I, I gave all my time to my to my children and my husband. And I thought that I, that's all I needed to do. When I had to realize there was more in me, I am a leader myself that can show up to the world stronger when I step into my own authority, my own identity, and let the people see me for me, not just as a mother or a wife. So now I'm giving my genius to the world for the world to begin to reward me from what I'm showing them. So that is what I did. I had to rechange the way I thought, the way, the, the way they are, I saw things, my own perception needed to change. I was able to be, so you know what? Yes, I had a failed marriage because it did fail. Yes, I had a failed bit because it did fail. Yes, I went into depression behind loss of my dad. Yes, I did. But however, I learned from those things and I clawed my way out of it. And so can you. So what it does, it lets your clients identify that you are human. That's, I, to me right there, that is the one of the central tenets of authority is when people can see that you're also a human being like anybody else yes you human yeah you human. if you if you've ever if you've ever been if you've ever been told by your parents or some authority figure that uh, no matter what they say they're right and if you disagree with them you're wrong and probably need mental health counseling uh <laughs> that is going that is going to go a long way because i i dealt with some of that from authority figures growing up i was actually told if you think in some way i'm wrong that means you're mentally ill and i will refer you for counseling wow wow yeah. wow wow that, that, that was some that was some teacher that said that to me but you know what you know do you think they're an, do you think they're an authority figure to me <laughs> no no but see you know what those are really good points to share yeah. Because how many times as growing up as a kid, didn't did somebody not tell us that we won't make it? That you know, you're not you, you're not listening to me, you know, uh -huh. I'm the adult, you're the child, you're supposed to be quiet and listen. And all of those things program us to when we're an adult, we carry those same little nuance unless we decide, decide and make a choice that they are not the authority to speak into my life. Yeah. And then that means as an adult and as a leader, I have to know who is. And uh -huh. I have to uh, allow all those distractions that was told to me to, for my purpose, to reset myself as a leader. It's okay to be reset as a leader, to reset back to who you are. Now we're getting to where I was going with this is, you see, it's like, it's like I set up the strike and you, I set up the pins and you roll the strike. I mean, that's how we're working together here. Uh, this is this is where this is where we we go next into before we get to the final thing you want us to share, uh, where we go into asserting our individuality as an aspect of establishing authority. Because candidly, I think we're all weird, quirky people. The only weird people I know of are the ones that call themselves normal. That's just that's just my that's just that's just my view of it, and, and there there are folks around me that uh, that know uh, a few things that they 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 sometimes try and counsel me and tell me I'm off base about this. One of which is 
is is I have this real big thing about the Oxford comma. I will go to war for the Oxford comma. Because I'm aware of the court cases where companies have lost millions of dollars because yes. the Oxford comma was missing. Uh, mm -hmm. I will I will I will read over copy and I'll say, you know, this is really great and I think it's perfect, except that it's missing the Oxford comma in every instance, so it's no good. I actually told somebody that once. Uh, oh. that, then, uh, then I also am a proponent of the hashtag selfie skill, not selfie skill, selfies. Mm -hmm kill and i and i cite the statistics that show that more people have died of accidents while trying to take selfies and uh than people have died in shark attacks right over the past five years so for that reason i will not participate in your selfie and if you try and put your arm around me and stick a camera in my face your camera might end up on the floor my <laughs> i i i've had i i've had at events that i've spoken at i've had people come and say i want to get a selfie with you and i say no Wow. Like that. No. That's right. It's just uh, and, and when it's, whoa, whoa, what are you, well, I didn't say I wouldn't take a picture with you. Right. I'll take a real picture if right. you get a third person to hold your camera. Exactly. But I'm not going to engage in that selfie business. Yeah. See, to me, the selfie makes it like we're buddies, we're friends. But yeah. Well, that that that, and I think it's it's just it's just weird, candidly. And I've also and I've also had an incident myself where um, I almost ran someone over in my car because somebody was more focused on taking their damn selfie than focusing on the fact that they were ambling all over the parking lot and stepped right in front of my car as I was coming up <laughs> on them. Now when I and then, and then when I used the horn to politely let them know what they had done, they looked at me like I had the problem. So yeah, I'm raising awareness of how pointing a camera at your own face uh, i've seen this meme where people holding the receiver from like a 1980s phone like they're taking a selfie with it and mm -hmm. uh, and i say yeah this is how ridiculous it looks that's crazy <laughs> so so i i make that point because it's part of my own individuality yeah and and it's gotten to the point where i spoke in an event a couple weeks ago somebody i'd never met before never met before Mm -hmm. And I hadn't mentioned anything about the selfies or anything uh, in my speech that I'd given. Said, mm -hmm. said, I'd like to get a picture with you, but I, I know selfies kill. Uh, can I? Uh, can I, my friend will take it for us? Like, ah, now the word's getting out. You see, that's the thing. It, it, people sometimes are afraid to be different. They yeah. Think it shuns them. No, it allows you to stand out. It allows you to stand out as a leader. It allows you to be identified and recognized different than people around. And not only that, it shows that you are a pioneer and you're not afraid to make a change, to be innovative. You're not, a, you're not afraid. So it gives the other people around you to know that you are a confident person. So when they come into someone's presence that is confident, it helps them raise their confidence because you're not afraid to be different. So it's okay to be that leader that want to be able to say, I want to do, I want to be, I want to do legacy building. You know, yeah. I want to, I want to make a movement. I want to make a change. Uh -huh. That's what you're saying. You're saying that you want to make a movement because I feel that this is the case. If the camera is going to cause a, a problem. So I'm bringing awareness <laughs> because someone yeah. is not being, when they take cameras, just like drunk driving. So now you're making your own little uh, statement and people are recognizing for, and that's how you create a movement. Because yeah, 
you know, some of those people, some of those people that have died taking selfies did so while driving a car. No, no way. You see, that's the thing. I'm, that's no, I'm telling you, it happened, it happened. If you go to the list of selfie-related accidents and fatalities, a number of them are because somebody was dry, taking a selfie of themselves while propelling a moving car at a rapid rate of speed. Absolutely. There are also the people who thought, uh, hey, look, I'm, I'm hiking. Hey, look, there's a bear over there. Let me get a selfie. Well, yeah, and then the flash gets them mauled. I think somebody tried it with a cougar once, and then there are multiple cases of people taking selfies with an oncoming train while standing on the tracks right in front of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, if I can if I can save some lives here, yeah. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I simply love that because that's the thing. Whether you're in business or not, what is your mission? What? What is your bigger goal? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know, there well, should be a reason why you're doing it. And not only that, how are you creating a movement behind it? How are you bringing awareness to what you're talking about? Because others will follow. If you look at the, over the history, someone had a message. They did not mind sharing it at any cost to make a change. So just as we do as leaders, we have to be able to make a statement like in like me, I for my mission, I help kids in Africa. This is just one of the things that I do. I help kids in Africa that are fighting for malaria with, with malaria for mosquito bites. Yeah, twenty percent of my pro sometimes more, and I make sure that I help the children have a chance to live. And not only do it over there, I do it over here too. The kids that are in foster care, that after foster care, they have nowhere else to go. I'm, my job is to help them get a place. If I can just save one child, then I know that my mission has been complete. See, this is what this is what I love, and I'm so glad that you're shifting this over to you. So, in your messaging, in your business, uh, what are some of the things that you do that establish your authority? And we have about eight minutes left here, so we'll spend a minute on this, and we're going to get to that final point you want me to make. Uh, that that through the, the the conduits of what you do in your messaging draw attention to the children with malaria and the children who find themselves at the end of the foster care route and no place to land? Well, my thing is when they come out of foster care, how are you training them? They need to be trained, they need to be reprogrammed. So that's where I come in and I teach them. I teach them. So I'm making sure that my brand awareness is out to everyone. I tell everyone about what I'm doing. I'm the same way when you go out to speak, you make sure that the word is getting out anywhere I go. I'm telling it when I'm when I'm going into the the, um, the the social service system. I'm talking to them. Why? So that they can refer kids to me. When I'm in churches, I tell them so that can, so everywhere I go, I'm spreading the message. So everywhere you go, if you have a mission, they should know exactly what you stand for. It should be part of your pitch. This is what I stand for. So everywhere I go, I tell it to the masses. I tell on social media. I tell it. I tell everybody. I tell it in my email list. I tell everywhere. I tell it in my uh, social, um, chamber of commerce meeting. Wherever meeting that I'm that I'm in, I make sure that they know my mission and what I stand for and my end result and how I want to help. So this is what I encourage everyone to do. Go out and tell it so people can know what you do. And then on top of that, what I did was I started writing down in books. So now even after I'm gone, my message will still live on because I'm putting it on paper. 
I'm putting yeah. it in a video so someone can go back and my legacy will never die because I decided to make my words and put it down in history for somebody else to read it, someone else to know about it and that they can run with my vision. That's the whole goal, that our vision, our, our, our legacy never dies. But let's put it in our words and let's put it out to the world so they can see. Yeah, and sometimes it's a sometimes it's a little more subtle. Uh, to finish my point about why I brought up uh, my advocacy to eliminate selfies from our culture, uh, why I fight so far hard for the Oxford comma, and why I will not give you my cell phone number and you will not text me. That's another rule I have. All these themes come down to one thing, and this also goes along with my status as a leader of introverts to unite separately in our own homes. Uh, it all come. It all comes down to become the hunted, not the hunter. Get people to recognize you and seek you out. That's it. But that's what comes with your message. That, I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't come out and say that. I yep. use I use all of these little examples, some of which seem even kind of silly, but look how look how they gain traction. I go to an event, somebody I don't even know is aware of my hashtags. Yeah, absolutely. But that's still all part of putting your message out there. Someone is seeing it. Someone yeah. you did a hashtag, you you made a post, you know, and so you know it, it starts to trend because you are being known for the same thing, for the same thing. So now they know when they see you, that is the men that don't like selfies. There's a, yeah, there's a, um, there's a, years and years ago, maybe about 14 years ago, I hired a graphic designer who did some work for us. They were fantastic, by the way. They, they had one rule, though. Uh, they would not give me their phone number, and I could never under any circumstances call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, any, any communications with them, uh, I had my choice. I could use email. I could use, uh, at the time we were using, uh, Yahoo messenger back when that was a thing. So I had email Yahoo messenger were two options to contact them during business hours. And the third was if I felt that something rose to the occasion of, you know, this really would be better as a phone call. I could flip on my Camtasia and send them a video in exchange, <laughs> in exchange, they delivered prompt replies and fantastic service. Mm -hmm. I still remember, I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to confuse their branding because they've moved on to something else, but they are actually somebody I track to this day and they seem to go from one success to the next. But I remember to this day that graphic designer who was the most friendly, helpful, brilliant person who nailed it on the first try 90% of the time and on the second try the other 10% of the time, uh, that the only thing is you did not get their phone number and you could never call them. Mm. Well, I think you know people don't like if, every, people don't like to be their space invaded. So yeah, they that's, like what to things, that's what yeah. it is. That's what it fine. is. Yeah, and I and I relate to that. Like I don't want anybody texting me for any reason because now I have to look at a separate device. Right. That's what it is. It, it really has to. It really comes down to kinesthetics. Yeah, it is. It, I think too. You know, everybody has their preference. If you're not a texter, then don't text. If you're a person that likes to put a phone, then do that. You know, yeah. it's, what is your preference? You know, what is your preference? As long as the results get done, just what is your preference? Exactly. I that, yeah, I think that there's so much out there. 
so many platforms. So, and it's sometimes you confuse people. No, pick the one that best suits you and don't overcomplicate it. There you go. There you go. And that brings us actually almost back full circle to where we started. And that's why I brought that up again is it comes down to maximizing the platforms that you're good at and using the modalities where you can most effectively share your authority in a way that uplifts others. So real quick, to wrap us up here, real quick, you wanted to go through six steps to build your authority so that our listeners can jump right off this and get to work. Go. Okay, the six steps. The first step is be the expert. Be the leader that creates the movement. Shift your mindset because the mindset between a small group and a large group is so different. So let's shift your mindset and let's become the leader that creates a movement and builds movement. Number two, who are you serving? Let's get the clarity around who we serve and how we want to grow our own business and what story that can we tell to make people change their lives. That's what's going to set us apart from the competition. And then on top of that, what method? Number three is the method. What method are you going to use? Which we talked about platforms here. What method will you use? Okay, from from their current reality to their to their um where they want to go. Where where do what is your product? How do you want to do it? Do you want to do it in six steps? We're doing two steps. Let's go over your method that really gives them a transformation and an end result. Now the masses, how are you going to get your message out? This is number four. The masses, how are you going to get your message out to the people? What broadcast? What what platform? How? How are you going to get it out? Centuries will tell you somebody was always sharing a message. And number five, the monetize. How are you going to monetize it? How are you able to drop your hints about your program, about your results, to give people value that they are able to see that you are the expert that you wanted that you are. And then I say the market. What market will you do? Will you do it in a book? Will you speak on stage? Will you create a a program, a product and service? What will you do? What is your strategy? I encourage everyone to put their system in a book, to actually package it up, do your little videos, package it up where it's presented to the world and the world can see. And then I, also encourage you to create it with them. If you create it with them, it makes them feel like they're included and not a, not a separate. So that is my six steps. Thank you very much for sharing those. And I think that's a great jumping off point here. Uh, what our listeners have experienced, they may be thinking of this, what we've shared so far is they go to subscribe to Business Creators Radio Show so they get more fresh episodes like this is what did Adam do spend most of his time telling his silly stories for? Let me explain what just happened for our listeners, because this is educational. Sometimes when we bring guests on the Business Creators Radio Show, I flip the script on them. And this is, D. this is what I did with you, is I gave you the opportunity to actually show your own brilliance and your own passion, how you make a difference for your community, market, and audience by offering you a situation where you could act as the mentor and guide. We could have done straight up Q&A, but we did this a little bit differently. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we at the Business Creators Radio Show, we love when our conversations with our guests feel like private mastermind sessions. And sometimes they do sound like and feel like a private chat between a couple of friends where you as a listener are sitting in with us. You're sipping on your iced tea along with us and getting a few ahas along the way. We are 
dedicated to making this a very fun experience for everybody involved. Uh, sometimes we have some interesting trains of thought to go along. We very rarely go through the interrogative question and answer thing because you can get that a hundred other places. It's so it's my brilliance and my passion to bring this to you guys every week. And especially when we have great people like you, D, uh, it's, I mean, this is just really what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. So D French, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, uh, tell us how people can contact you and if they're ready to take things to the next level, as far as building their authority, uh, how you can assist with that. Yeah, I created a guide just for what we talked about today. And it is, you can find me at speakwritesell.net and they can download and they can actually get the six steps and more detail exactly how to raise your authority and the growing process. And the thing with that is you can look, you can find me on every platform at DFrench. Every platform you can find me and DFrench and any way you need me to help you, I'll be more than happy to help you rise your authority as a leader so that you can be more visible and increase your income, profits, and your influence. Dean, let's go ahead and say that URL where they can download your six steps to building authority one more time just so they have it. It is speakwritesell.net. Speakwritesell.net. All righty. Well, D French, I got to tell you, it's been an honor and an education. We're so happy to have you here today. I'm glad to be here, Adam, and I look forward to seeing you again. Awesome. So for our listeners, we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show and that little peek behind the curtain there just a few moments ago about some of the method behind our madness. Keep that in mind if you're considering <laughs> launching and hosting a podcast of your own. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>